It's me, David Webb, and here's a highlight from today's show on Sirius XM Patriot. It's not common to use one book to introduce another, but I think this track uh, rises to that level. One of the most... I should say, eye-opening books about Anthony Fauci is The Real Anthony Fauci by Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And in it, uh, as they introduce you to the book, as they often do, or pretty much always often do in, uh, in every book cover, as director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, NIAID, Dr. Anthony Fauci dispenses $6.1 billion in annual taxpayer-provided funding for scientific research, allowing him to dictate the subject, context, and the outcome of scientific health research across the globe. Fauci uses the financial clout as his disposal to wield extraordinary influence over hospitals, universities, journals, and thousands of influential doctors and scientists whose careers and institutions he has the power to ruin, advance, or reward. Joining me now, as I said, it's very unusual to use one book to introduce another, but I think this bears it. And this, of course is a examination and a further examination that takes us to the five mistakes Fauci made on COVID that spelled disaster for us. Stephen Mosher, president of the Population Research Institute, uh, joins me now. And Steve, uh, it's great to have you here, number one. Uh, And in your politically incorrect guide to pandemics, you, I think, along with what I just mentioned from Robert F. Kennedy's book, explore the failures in policy, in agendas, uh, and so much more. Thanks for joining me. It's good to be with you here, David, and talk about this uh, important topic. Dr. Anthony Fauci is still plaguing us, as it were, and uh, actually is threatening another uh, pandemic breakout this fall of the now um, diminishing coronavirus. Uh, I don't know if he can play on enough fears of enough Americans to actually scare us back into our homes, but it's pretty clear that, you know, he's gotten everything wrong uh, from the get-go. Yeah, a while back, and there's a clip out there, I was on TV and I called him a Vanity Fair liberal in the sense of how he approaches these things, power, control, bureaucracy, wielding enormous amounts of dollars with which he uses to pressure others to suppress even opposing or alternate voices in the early days of the COVID-19 outbreak. So let's walk through these, these mistakes that he made that we're still paying for and how we get to what you just mentioned, which is, yes, he was out again talking about another level of pandemic. So the five mistakes, let's work our way through them. Well, the big one, and, and let's start with this, because you, you already mentioned $6.1 billion a year in money to hand out uh, to people who cannot cross Anthony Fauci for fear of losing their government grants to government funding. Multiply that by 10, that's $60 billion. He's been in, he's been in, in, in his position for decades. So he's literally wielded tens of billions of dollars of influence uh, to get what he wants. And what he wants, what he wanted from the very beginning 
of uh, genomic research was he wanted labs to do gain of function research. He wanted labs to make viruses more infectious and more deadly because his genius idea, David, was that he was going to take uh, viruses in the lab, make them more infectious and deadly, and then he was going to create vaccines and therapeutic drugs to stop them from becoming a pandemic so that when the real pandemic hit, what would happen? We'd already be ready for it. He would defeat it before it began. He would repeat the great defeat of smallpox back 25 years ago where we eradicated smallpox from the planet. That was his dream. It turned out to be everybody's nightmare. And people, wiser heads than Tony's and, and saner people than Tony, said to him, look, uh, your idea of creating Frankenstein viruses in the lab, monster viruses in the lab, uh, and then creating vaccines against him uh, is dangerous because what happens if your monster virus escapes from the lab before you have a vaccine? Uh, what are you going to do then? They called a halt to this research. They told Dr. Anthony Fauci to stop in January of 2017. Did he stop? Well, he stopped in the United States. He stopped funding the U.S. Uh, the, the Galveston, Texas labs of the University of Texas. He stopped funding uh, the University of North Carolina labs of Ralph Barry. But he moved the pro project overseas through EcoHealth Alliance and Richard Dazek. Uh, he fund, funneled money to the Wuhan Institute of Virology to continue to do gain-of-function research. We know that because the person who was receiving Dr. Anthony Fauci's largesse, uh, Peter Dazek, in November of 2019, just as the epidemic was hitting home in Wuhan, he gave an interview in which he said, yeah, we're working, doing great gain-of-function research in the Wuhan lab. We've created 50 new uh, coronaviruses. Uh, they're very infectious. Uh, they're killing off the uh, laboratory, the humanized mice that we have in the lab. He was bragging about the gain-of-function research that he was overseeing and Anthony Fauci was funding. And you know the rest of the story. It came out of the lab in a pandemic around the world. So his original Dr. Anthony Fauci's original pandemic sin, the original sin, was going forward with gain-of-function research in, of all places, China. China. Now, was China trying to nobly advance the frontiers of scientific knowledge? Uh, were they trying to advance our understanding of viruses? Or did they see naive Americans coming in and teaching them how to create dangerous viruses that were potential weapons? Uh, I think the latter. Well, I mean, you would only have to track the history of communism and the Chinese Communist Party or any other form of communist government to, you know, have a logical thought there. And I agree with you. Let's walk through these. You wrote about this in the New York Post and a great piece, by the way. I have shared it with, I think, everyone imaginable, not just in my audience, family, friends, even people who vehemently disagree with me. Uh, let's walk through these mistakes. Contra contact tracing, mistake one. Yeah, a lot of people don't know that uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci spent hundreds of millions, maybe over a billion dollars, uh, trying to, to, to contact everybody who'd ever had contact with anybody who may have possibly had contact with someone who had the coronavirus. I know I sound like Kamala Harris, but that's what happened. Uh, he's wasted millions of man hours trying to trace down people who may have contracted or come in contact with someone who had a highly infectious respiratory disease. There's a reason why. We never do that with the ordinary flu because it's impossible. It's a waste of resources. So that sense, that was a blind alley. Uh, that was all wasted effort. 
A second thing, big thing, failing to protect the vulnerable. We knew early on, you know, when the first plane loads left Wuhan and went to Milan and the pandemic started in northern Italy, in Milan, Italy, we knew at that point in time, very early on, by March and April of 2020, that the elderly were at risk and the middle-aged would get the flu, serious flu, and young people, if they're not immune compromised, uh, would get, you know, a cold. And so we should have begun to do what, uh, well, what Ron DeSantis did in Florida here, where where I live. Uh, he sent, uh, uh, carefully guarded the retirement communities. We have a lot of those in Florida. And then let the rest of us get on with our lives, protecting the vulnerable. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci wanted to shut down the entire country and... Uh, he should have just protected those who are immune compromised. That was a big one. But I think his greatest uh, error, aside from the original pandemic send of creating the virus in the first place, was closing the schools. Because guess what? We had a perfectly controlled experiment in the Nordic countries. We had Sweden, did not close down its schools, did not mask, did not socially distance, stayed open throughout the pandemic. Next door, we had Finland. Same people, same economic level, same everything. Closed down the schools masking, social distancing. What happened? Were there any differences in uh, infections and deaths among kids? No. Uh, Sweden and Finland were identical. Were there any difference in the number of deaths and infections among teachers? No. The, the infection rate among teachers in Sweden and Finland were identical. In other words, closing down the schools did nothing but disrupt the education of kids for a year or two, setting them behind the curve compared to their peers in other countries. And Lifespan is positively correlated uh, with education. The more education you have, the longer you generally live. So we've deprived American kids of a year or two of education. That alone, that alone, David, is going to shorten uh, their lifespans. These uh, mistakes, as you call them, and as you write about in your article and your various other public appearances, uh, in your book as an author, uh, and so much more – you would have to wonder beyond even just uh, the mindset of a power and control, a bureaucrat with immense power, an unelected, unaccountable bureaucrat, if there's something else to it. And, and you, you've also in your past uh, written quite uh, and spoken quite a great deal about China. You're an expert on China and the Chinese Communist Party's practices, uh, forced abortions, forced sterilizations, retaliation. Uh, so policy and pandemic combine here. How deadly is this if we don't wake up in America? Well, I think I think the reaction to the pandemic killed more people than the coronavirus. Quite frankly, when you when you total up the total number of deaths from drugs and, and depression, uh, people who avoided going to the hospital because they were afraid to contract COVID, uh, the mistreatment of patients in hospitals that were desperate to uh, get the COVID money by diagnosing everybody as having COVID, even though uh, they may have contracted it in the hospital, and die and and putting down on death certificates of people that died of COVID when actually they for the most part, died of other things and just tested positive for COVID uh, the last days of their life. Um, every possible mistake we could have made, you know, it was hard to narrow Fauci's mistakes down to five, quite frankly, because there were others. Uh, but what I don't understand uh, really is is how anyone, 
uh, with uh, with who had gone through high school biology and certainly someone who had a medical degree like Anthony Fauci, why he didn't understand the role that natural immunity would play in all of this. Uh, and, and I think he did. I think he did because early on he told Zeke Emanuel, who was uh, President Obama's health advisor, Zeke Emanuel asked him, you know, what about natural immunity, Tony? And he said privately, well, Zeke, uh, natural immunity, if this virus behaves like every other virus we've known throughout history, uh, once you contract the disease and once you get over it and clear the virus, you'll have robust natural immunity. Uh, does that sound like what he was saying in public? No, he didn't want to talk about natural immunity at all. And now, of course, when a couple hundred million of us have already had the coronavirus and have natural immunity, um, we have uh, better protection, I think, than is provided by, uh, by, by any vaccine. I got, I got hit with two things in February of 2020. I got hit with coronavirus uh, because I was on a plane load of kids going uh, down to Florida uh, to, for their week at the beach and, and got sick after that with the coronavirus. So I had it early. And then I took care of my wife, who got sick later, and I took care of my son, who got sick, and my daughter. Never got it again. Never had a problem. I think I have robust immunity that will last a long time. But what I got hammered by uh, in February was an article I wrote in the New York Post in February 2020 saying, all roads lead to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And I was denounced by a number of virologists who knew nothing about China as a conspiracy theorist. And later we found out that the person who organized that conspiracy was Dr. Anthony Fauci. He organized a group of virologists whose labs he was funding, as, as Robert Kennedy mentions, whose labs he was funding to sign joint letters to Nature and Science, prestigious journals whose publication he was probably funding as well, saying that anybody who suggested it came from the Wuhan Institute of Virology uh, was promulgating a conspiracy theorist. Theory. So there I was, called by Anthony Fauci, uh, the mastermind conspiracy theorist, uh, a conspiracy theorist. So uh, my uh, my problems with Anthony Fauci, David, go go way back. He was obviously funding the lab. He was obviously doing dangerous research there. He obviously didn't know that the Chinese People's Liberation Army bioweapons er- experts were monitoring every experiment that was done with coronavirus. And I believe the coronavirus was designed to be a bioweapon and was released during vaccine trials in Wuhan, vaccine trials to try to develop a vaccine to protect uh, the Chinese people against the virus and leaked out during vaccine trials and then was deliberately spread around the world. Remember those planes uh, that were forbidden to fly from Wuhan to Beijing or Shanghai or Guangdong, uh, but were allowed to fly to Milan and Madrid and New York City and Los Angeles. Yeah, no, there's a lot to that. On top of that, uh, Italy, as you know, uh, became uh, one of the Belt and Road Initiative nations. They have a large illegal and legal Chinese population. There are Chinese workers making high-dollar items in Italy that are exported to the world for major brands. So there was a whole list and a a great deal of pressure on Italy to continue those daily flights. Uh, That also happened in other areas. You know, I'm glad you brought up high school biology because I I don't know how many times I've used that. You know, if you just took basic high school biology and paid attention, you'd understand. 
how this actually works, no matter what you say. I traveled a great deal. I protected myself in certain situations. I'm not a fool. I don't act like one. And I have never been infected. I also have a pretty good immune system. I keep myself healthy. I do all the things we should normally do. What was missing and why I use that example is common sense was overridden by influence under Anthony Fauci. And even in the early days of the coronavirus task force, uh, I watched to see where he would go. And at some point, it seemed to be more about I'm right and everybody else is wrong. Yeah. And and of course, he was one of the uh, quote unquote, two very smart people. Uh, he and Deborah Burks, who went to President Trump and said, uh, we have this this rigorous scientific model from the Imperial College in London that says that millions of Americans are going to die. And when President Trump said, well, what do we do about it? They said, we need to lock down. You know where the lockdown idea came from? The lockdown idea came from China. And I think China played us like a fiddle in this, because first of all, like every other pandemic that they allowed to spread around the world, the Asian flu in 58, the Hong Kong flu 68, the uh, SARS-1 virus 2002-2003, when the pandemic began in 2019, they covered it up, they silenced whistleblowers, they doctored the data, said no human-to-human transmission, nothing to worry about, got the WHO, the World Health Organization, Dr. Tedros Cabrisis, to lie for them. And then, and then, after they had spread the virus around the world, after there were outbreaks in Italy and Spain and the United States and other countries, they then turned around and began sending out videos of people dropping dead in the streets of Wuhan. They sent videos of body bags stacked up in hospital quarters in Wuhan. They frightened us with all of a sudden turning around on a dime and saying, oh, by the way, there is a human-to-human transmission. And by the way, it's very, very deadly. But we're going to solve the problem by locking down. And they put in place lockdowns. Remember, 100 million people locked down in their homes for weeks on end. And then they reported to the World Health Organization that they had, by means of lockdowns, had almost stamped out the virus. This was a fabrication. This was like this was a Communist Party lie to make themselves look good. But Dr. Deborah Burks and Dr. Anthony Fauci, I believe, swallowed it hook, line and sinker and said to President Trump, uh, you've got to lock down. China has done it. It's successful, and we need to do it, too. And, uh, of course, we've been living through pandemic hell for the last two years as a result. My guest, Stephen Mosher, uh, president of the Population Research Institute and authority on China. The book, The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics, now available wherever books are sold. The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics. I, I tell you, Stephen, I, I've, I've taken a deeper look into your background. Uh, you know, your name had been brought up from time to time, but uh, you are someone on a number of issues uh, specifically related to China, but in other ways I'd like to have back on this show. Uh, you've done the work and uh, your perspectives uh, based more in common sense as I see it. So this is not a one and done. Uh, and I'm looking forward to finishing the book myself uh, and digging into it. I, I think we need to explore these issues, bring them out, and realize that one individual or a defined effort uh, such as the Chinese Communist Party, regardless of the nature of the leak, weaponizing COVID-19 for political and other purposes, 
power and uh, influence uh, that if we don't dig into these things, uh, people will fall for everything like the the next pandemic. Yeah, and, and China will do it again. I'm afraid that uh, lurking in a test tube somewhere, perhaps in the Wuhan Institute of Virology itself, uh, is another virus, another coronavirus perhaps. It's been genetically engineered using uh, gain-of-function research to be infectious and deadly. And, you know, we have to have reparations. We have to call China to account. I was very pleased. A few days ago, we had President Trump down in Florida speaking in Tampa, and he said one of the things that he wanted to do was set up a commission uh, to hold China accountable for uh, spreading the coronavirus around the world, what he called the China virus, quite correctly. And unless we do that, David, unless we, unless we make China pay a price for what it has done over the last two years, they will do it again. Why wouldn't they? Why wouldn't they? they they've come out the winner in all of this, and we've come out the loser. Yeah. And matter of fact, many around the world have come out the losers and uh, still continue to do so. Uh, Not one and done. There's much more to go, Stephen. I look forward to having you back on the show. It'll be my pleasure. Thank you. The book, again, uh, just it says it all. The Politically Incorrect Guide to Pandemics, now available wherever books are sold, uh, courtesy of my guest, Stephen Mosher, and, of course, by Regnery Publishing. Join me live on The David Webb Show, Monday to Friday, 9 to noon east, on Sirius XM Patriot 125.